0: Section Thirty-One of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peery. Book Four, Chapter Seven, and in the open air. The air is fresh, but in my apartment it is not so, in any sense of the word. Let us walk slowly, sir. I should be glad of your kind interest. I too have something important to say to you observed alyosha only i don't know how to begin to be sure you must have business with me you would never have looked in upon me without some object unless you come simply to complain of the boy and that's hardly likely and by the way about the boy i could not explain to you in there but here i will describe that scene to you my toe was thicker a week ago i mean my beard That's the nickname they give to my beard—the schoolboys, most of all. Well, your brother Dmitri Fyodorovitch was pulling me by my beard. I'd done nothing. He was in a towering rage and happened to come upon me. He dragged me out of the tavern into the market-place. At that moment the boys were coming out of school, and with them Ilusha. As soon as he saw me in such a state, he rushed up to me father he cried father he caught hold of me hugged me tried to pull me away crying to my assailant let go let go it's my father forgive him yes he actually cried forgive him he clutched at that hand that very hand in his little hands and kissed it i remember his little face at that moment i haven't forgotten it and i never shall i swear cried alyosha that my brother will express his most deep and sincere regret even if he has to go down on his knees in that same market-place i'll make him or he is no brother of mine aha then it's only a suggestion and it does not come from him but simply from the generosity of your own warm heart you should have said so no in that case allow me to tell you of your brother's highly chivalrous soldierly generosity for he did give expression to it at the time he left off dragging me by my beard and released me you are an officer he said and i am an officer if you can find a decent man to be your second send me your challenge i will give satisfaction though you are a scoundrel that's what he said a chivalrous spirit indeed i retired with ilusha and that scene is a family record imprinted forever on ilusha's soul no it's not for us to claim the privileges of noblemen judge for yourself you've just been in our mansion what did you see there three ladies one a cripple and weak-minded another a cripple and hunchback and the third not crippled but far too clever she is a student dying to get back to petersburg to work for the emancipation of the russian woman on the banks of the neva i won't speak of ilusha he is only nine i am alone in the world and if i die what will become of all of them i simply ask you that and if i challenge him and he kills me on the spot what then what will become of them and worse still, if he doesn't kill me but only cripples me, I couldn't work, but I should still be a mouth to feed. Who would feed it, and who would feed them all? Must I take Ilusha from school and send him to beg in the streets? That's what it means for me to challenge him to a duel. It's silly talk and nothing else. He will beg your forgiveness. He will bow down at your feet in the middle of the marketplace cried alyosha again with glowing eyes i did think of prosecuting him the captain went on but look in our code could i get much compensation for a personal injury and then agrafena alexandrovna sent for me and shouted at me don't dare to dream of it if you proceed against him i'll publish it to all the world that he beat you for your dishonesty and then you will be prosecuted i call god to witness whose was the dishonesty and by whose commands i acted wasn't it by her own and fyodor pavlovitch's and what's more she went on i'll dismiss you for good and you'll never earn another penny from me i'll speak to my merchant too that's what she calls her old man and he will dismiss you and if he dismisses me what can i earn then from any one those two are all i have to look to For your Fyodor Pavlovitch has not only given over employing me, for another reason, but he means to make use of papers I've signed to go to law against me. And so I kept quiet. And you have seen our retreat. But now let me ask you, did Ilusha hurt your finger much? I didn't like to go into it in our mansion before him." Yes, very much, and he was in a great fury he was avenging you on me as a karamazov i see that now but if only you had seen how he was throwing stones at his schoolfellows it's very dangerous they might kill him they are children and stupid a stone may be thrown and break somebody's head that's just what has happened he has been bruised by a stone to-day not on the head but on the chest just above the heart he came home crying and groaning and now he is ill and you know he attacks them first he is bitter against them on your account they say he stabbed a boy called krasotkin with a penknife not long ago i've heard about that too it's dangerous krasotkin is an official here we may hear more about it i would advise you alyosha went on warmly not to send him to school at all for a time till he is calmer and his anger is past anger the captain repeated that's just what it is he's a little creature but it's a mighty anger you don't know all sir let me tell you more since that incident all the boys have been teasing him about the wisp of toe. schoolboys are a merciless race individually they are angels but together especially in schools they are often merciless their teasing has stirred up a gallant spirit in ilusha an ordinary boy a weak son would have submitted have felt ashamed of his father sir but he stood up for his father against them all for his father and for truth and justice for what he suffered when he kissed your brother's hand and cried to him forgive father forgive him that only god knows and i his father for our children not your children but ours the children of the poor gentlemen looked down upon by every one know what justice means sir even at nine years old how should the rich know they don't explore such depths once in their lives but at that moment in the square when he kissed his hand at that moment my ilusha had grasped all that justice means that truth entered into him and crushed him forever sir the captain said hotly again with a sort of frenzy and he struck his right fist against his left palm as though he wanted to show how the truth crushed Ilusha. that very day sir he fell ill with fever and was delirious all night all that day he hardly said a word to me but i noticed he kept watching me from the corner though he turned to the window and pretended to be learning his lessons but i could see his mind was not on his lessons next day i got drunk to forget my troubles sinful man as i am and i don't remember much mamma began crying too i'm very fond of mamma well i spent my last penny drowning my troubles don't despise me for that sir in russia men who drink are the best the best men amongst us are the greatest drunkards i lay down and i don't remember about ilusha though all that day the boys had been jeering at him at school wisp of toe they shouted your father was pulled out of the tavern by his wisp of toe. you ran by and begged forgiveness on the third day when he came back from school i saw he looked pale and wretched what is it i asked he wouldn't answer well there's no talking in our mansion without mamma and the girls taking part in it what's more the girls had heard about it the very first day varvara had begun snarling you fools and buffoons can you ever do anything rational quite so i said can we ever do anything rational for the time i turned it off like that so in the evening i took the boy out for a walk for you must know we go for a walk every evening always the same way along which we are going now from our gate to that great stone which lies alone in the road under the hurdle which marks the beginning of the town pasture a beautiful and lonely spot sir ilusha and i walked along hand in hand as usual he has a little hand his fingers are thin and cold he suffers from his chest you know father said he father well said i i saw his eyes flashing father how he treated you then "'It can't be helped, Elusha,' I said. "'Don't forgive him, father, don't forgive him. At school they said that he has paid you ten roubles for it.' "'No, Elusha,' said I, "'I would not take money from him for anything.' Then he began trembling all over, took my hand in both his and kissed it again. "'Father,' he said, "'father, challenge him to a duel. At school they say you are a coward and won't challenge him, and that you'll accept ten roubles from him.' i can't challenge him to a duel ilusha i answered and i told briefly what i've just told you he listened father he said anyway don't forgive it when i grow up i'll call him out myself and kill him his eyes shone and glowed and of course i am his father and i had to put in a word it's a sin to kill i said even in a duel father he said when i grow up i'll knock him down knock the sword out of his hand i'll fall on him wave my sword over him and say i could kill you but i forgive you so there you see what the workings of his little mind have been during these two days he must have been planning that vengeance all day and raving about it at night but he began to come home from school badly beaten i found out about it the day before yesterday and you are right i won't send him to that school any more i heard that he was standing up against all the class alone and defying them all that his heart was full of resentment of bitterness i was alarmed about him we went for another walk father he asked are the rich people stronger than any one else on earth yes ilusha i said there are no people on earth stronger than the rich father he said i will get rich I will become an officer and conquer everybody. The Tsar will reward me. I will come back here, and then no one will dare—' Then he was silent, and his lips still kept trembling. "'Father,' he said, "'what a horrid town this is!' "'Yes, Ilusha,' I said, "'it isn't a very nice town.' "'Father, let us move into another town, a nice one,' he said, "'where people don't know about us.' "'We will move, we will,' Ilusha," said I, "'only I must save up for it.' i was glad to be able to turn his mind from painful thoughts and we began to dream of how we would move to another town how we would buy a horse and cart we will put mamma and your sisters inside we will cover them up and we'll walk you shall have a lift now and then and i'll walk beside for we must take care of our horse we can't all ride that's how we'll go he was enchanted at that most of all at the thought of having a horse and driving him for of course a russian boy is born among horses we chattered a long while thank god i thought i have diverted his mind and comforted him that was the day before yesterday in the evening but last night everything was changed he had gone to school in the morning he came back depressed terribly depressed in the evening i took him by the hand and we went for a walk he would not talk there was a wind blowing and no sun and a feeling of autumn twilight was coming on we walked along both of us depressed well my boy said i how about our setting off on our travels i thought i might bring him back to our talk of the day before he didn't answer but i felt his fingers trembling in my hand ah i thought it's a bad job there's something fresh we had reached the stone where we are now i sat down on the stone and in the air there were lots of kites flapping and whirling there were as many as thirty in sight of course it's just the season for the kites look ilusha said i it's time we got out our last year's kite again i'll mend it where have you put it away my boy made no answer he looked away and turned sideways to me and then a gust of wind blew up the sand he suddenly fell on me threw both his little arms round my neck and held me tight you know when children are silent and proud and try to keep back their tears when they are in great trouble and suddenly break down their tears fall in streams with those warm streams of tears he suddenly wetted my face he sobbed and shook as though he were in convulsions and squeezed up against me as i sat on the stone father he kept crying dear father how he insulted you and i sobbed too we sat shaking in each other's arms ilusha i said to him ilusha darling no one saw us then god alone saw us i hope he will record it to my credit you must thank your brother alexey fyodorovitch no sir i won't thrash my boy for your satisfaction he had gone back to his original tone of resentful buffoonery alyosha felt though that he trusted him and that if there had been some one else in his alyosha's place the man would not have spoken so openly and would not have told what he had just told this encouraged alyosha whose heart was trembling on the verge of tears ah uh, how i would like to make friends with your boy he cried if you could arrange it certainly sir muttered the captain but now listen to something quite different alyosha went on i have a message for you that same brother of mine dmitri has insulted his betrothed too a noble-hearted girl of whom you have probably heard i have a right to tell you of her wrong i ought to do so in fact for hearing of the insult done to you and learning all about your unfortunate position she commissioned me at once just now to bring you this help from her but only from her alone not from Dmitri, who has abandoned her nor from me his brother nor from anyone else but from her only from her she entreats you to accept her help you have both been insulted by the same man she thought of you only when she had just received a similar insult from him similar in its cruelty i mean she comes like a sister to help a brother in misfortune she told me to persuade you to take these two hundred roubles from her as from a sister knowing that you are in such need no one will know of it it can give rise to no unjust slander there are the two hundred roubles and i swear you must take them unless unless all men are to be enemies on earth but there are brothers even on earth you have a generous heart you must see that you must and Alyosha held out two new rainbow-colored hundred-rouble notes. They were both standing at the time by the great stone close to the fence, and there was no one near. The notes seemed to produce a tremendous impression on the captain. He started, but at first only from astonishment. Such an outcome of their conversation was the last thing he expected. Nothing could have been farther from his dreams than help from any one, and such a sum! He took the notes and for a minute he was almost unable to answer. Quite a new expression came into his face. That for me? So much money, two hundred roubles! Good heavens! Why, I haven't seen so much money for the last four years! Mercy on us! And she says she is a sister! And is that the truth? I swear that all I have told you is the truth! cried Alyosha. The captain flushed red. Listen, my dear, listen, if I take it, I shan't be behaving like a scoundrel? In your eyes, Alexey Fyodorovitch, I shan't be a scoundrel? No, Alexey Fyodorovitch, listen, listen, he hurried, touching Alyosha with both his hands. You are persuading me to take it, saying that it's a sister sends it, but inwardly, in your heart, won't you feel contempt for me if I take it, eh? no no on my salvation i swear i shan't and no one will ever know but me i you and she and one other lady her great friend never mind the lady listen alexey fyodorovitch at a moment like this you must listen for you can't understand what these two hundred roubles mean to me now The poor fellow went on rising gradually into a sort of incoherent, almost wild enthusiasm. He was thrown off his balance and talked extremely fast, as though afraid he would not be allowed to say all he had to say. Besides its being honestly acquired from a sister so highly respected and revered, do you know that now I can look after Mamma and Nina, my hunchback angel daughter? dr herzenstube came to me in the kindness of his heart and was examining them both for a whole hour i can make nothing of it said he but he prescribed a mineral water which is kept at a chemist's here he said it would be sure to do her good and he ordered baths too with some medicine in them the mineral water costs thirty kopecks and she'd need to drink forty bottles perhaps so i took the prescription and laid it on the shelf under the ikons and there it lies and he ordered hot baths for nina with something dissolved in them morning and evening but how can we carry out such a cure in our mansion without servants without help without a bath and without water nina is rheumatic all over i don't think i told you that all her right side aches at night she is in agony and would you believe it the angel bears it without groaning for fear of waking us we eat what we can get and she'll only take the leavings what you'd scarcely give to a dog i am not worth it i am taking it from you i am a burden on you that's what her angel eyes try to express we wait on her but she doesn't like it i am a useless cripple no good to any one as though she were not worth it when she is the saving of all of us with her angelic sweetness without her without her gentle word it would be hell among us she softens even varvara and don't judge varvara harshly either she is an angel too she too has suffered wrong she came to us for the summer and she brought sixteen roubles she had earned by lessons and saved up to go back with to petersburg in september that is now but we took her money and lived on it so now she has nothing to go back with though indeed she couldn't go back for she has to work for us like a slave she is like an overdriven horse with all of us on her back she waits on us all mends and washes sweeps the floor puts mamma to bed and mamma is capricious and tearful and insane and now i can get a servant with this money you understand alexey i can get medicines for the dear creatures i can send my student to petersburg i can buy beef i can feed them properly good lord but it's a dream alyosha was delighted that he had brought him such happiness and that the poor fellow had consented to be made happy stay alexey fyodorovitch stay the captain began to talk with frenzied rapidity carried away by a new daydream do you know that ilusha and i will perhaps really carry out our dream we will buy a horse and cart a black horse he insists on it being black and we will set off as we pretended the other day i have an old friend a lawyer in k province and i heard through a trustworthy man that if i were to go he'd give me a place as clerk in his office so who knows maybe he would so i'd just put mamma and nina in the cart and ilusha could drive and i'd walk i'd walk why if i only succeed in getting one debt paid that's owing me i should have perhaps enough for that too there would be enough cried alyosha katerina ivanovna will send you as much more as you need and you know i have money too take what you want as you would from a brother from a friend you could give it back later you'll get rich you'll get rich and you know you couldn't have a better idea than to move to another province it would be the saving of you especially of your boy and you ought to go quickly before the winter before the cold you must write to us when you are there and we will always be brothers no it's not a dream alyosha could have hugged him he was so pleased but glancing at him he stopped short the man was standing with his neck outstretched and his lips protruding with a pale and frenzied face his lips were moving as though trying to articulate something no sound came but still his lips moved it was uncanny what is it asked alyosha startled alexey fyodorovitch i you muttered the captain faltering looking at him with a strange wild fixed stare and an air of desperate resolution at the same time there was a sort of grin on his lips i you sir wouldn't you like me to show you a little trick i know he murmured suddenly in a firm rapid whisper his voice no longer faltering what trick a pretty trick whispered the captain his mouth was twisted on the left side his left eye was screwed up he still stared at alyosha what is the matter what trick alyosha cried now thoroughly alarmed why look squealed the captain suddenly and showing him the two notes which he had been holding by one corner between his thumb and forefinger during the conversation he crumpled them up savagely and squeezed them tight in his right hand do you see do you see he shrieked pale and infuriated and suddenly flinging up his hand he threw the crumpled notes on the sand do you see he shrieked again pointing to them look there and with wild fury he began trampling them under his heel gasping and exclaiming as he did so so much for your money 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 suddenly he darted back and drew himself up before alyosha and his whole figure expressed unutterable pride tell those who sent you that the wisp of toad does not sell his honor he cried raising his arm in the air then he turned quickly and began to run but he had not run five steps before he turned completely round and kissed his hand to alyosha he ran another five paces and then turned round for the last time this time his face was not contorted with laughter but quivering all over with tears in a tearful faltering sobbing voice he cried what should i say to my boy if i took money from you for our shame and then he ran on without turning alyosha looked after him inexpressibly grieved oh he saw that till the very last moment the man had not known he would crumple up and fling away the notes he did not turn back alyosha knew he would not he would not follow him and call him back he knew why when he was out of sight alyosha picked up the two notes they were very much crushed and crumpled and had been pressed into the sand, but were uninjured and even rustled like new ones when Alyosha unfolded them and smoothed them out. After smoothing them out, he folded them up, put them in his pocket, and went to Katerina Ivanovna to report on the success of her commission. End of section thirty one.